This is the Novel Marketing Podcast. I'm James L. Rubart. I'm Thomas Umstead Jr. And this is the show for novelists who hate marketing but still want to become best-selling authors. And today we're going to talk about website copy, what flies and what dies. And website copy is just jargon for the words that you put on your website. Uh, so, Jim, how do you make your website something people actually want to read? <laughs> exactly. I, I want to start off with an analogy that I think will resonate with people. There was a movie back in the late 80s, 1989 to be specific, uh, called Gross Anatomy. Now, Thomas, I realize at that point in time you were, what, four years old, five years old? Yeah. Um, but it was starring two of the more popular actors of that era, Matthew Modine and Daphne Zungya. Zungyi? I never know how to say her last name. But they, the Gross Anatomy, the movie was a pre-med movie. So it was about these these students who were in pre-med. And it's the typical romance and their rivals and their different personalities and they kind of clash. And there's this one very poignant scene where Matthew Modine, basically he's got a basketball in his hand all the time. He's always goofing off. And Daphne is studying and studying and studying and studying. And she comes up to him and she goes, I don't get it. I don't get it. I study my butt off and and I get okay grades, but you do nothing. You don't study at all, and you get as good a grades as, as I do. How do you do it? And he looks at her and he says, you know, you know all those textbooks that we have to read? Yeah. I just read the stuff in bold. <laughs> <laughs> and that, if you can get that, you'll understand how to write website copy. That's so. right. That, that is a great, a great story because the reality is that people don't read websites. Uh, the and, and you, uh, wonderful listener, if you're honest with yourself, you know that this is true with you as well. You don't read websites either. Nobody does. That's right. Uh, maybe a few people do. I'm sure we'll get some angry emails being like, I read every word on every web page that I go to. But the reality is, is that we are in a hurry. There are more web pages than can ever be read. Um, read uh, in your lifetime and so what we do is we tend to skim we tend right. to dart and if you look at and they've done studies and I've looked at these studies on um, people's eye patterns looking at a web page they jump all over so it's a very different writing experience than than writing a book because when someone reads a, a book they start with the first word on the page and they read to the last word on the page and my experience has been is that most authors are really bad at writing for websites because they're expecting people to read their websites as carefully as people read their books and in reality it, it's just not how it works and and we'll give you a little bit of a break you're used to writing a 90,000 word uh, document but on the on the website you have to think very 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 short that's right and the, re the reason is, is that for anyone to read anything that you've written on the internet, it has to be the most interesting thing on the entire internet. Because if there's anything else more interesting on the internet, they're going to read that instead. Now, fortunately, you only have to be the most interesting thing for that person at that time. So a key hint here is to focus because you can't please everyone, but you can thrill a small group of folks. So, Thomas, let's talk about some tips uh, that people can take away and apply to their website immediately. The first thing we already mentioned, and that is think short, think headlines, think that people are skimming. Um, as Thomas mentioned, have you ever been on a blog or a website? And blogs are a little different, but, but seriously, I've gone to blogs sometimes and you go, I'm going to get back to that. Or, ooh, that website looks cool. I'm going to save that one because I'm going to get back to it later. 
and you never, you never do. Back. Or you print it and you have a stack of unread pages uh, sitting next to your computer. That's right. So tip number one is think short. Think short. Tip number two. Wait, wait, is, real quick on think short. Uh, yeah. A rule of thumb that we tell our uh, authors at Author Media for their blogs is you never want to go over four lines in a paragraph. And if you go to five lines, then the next paragraph has to be one line, like a single sentence all by itself or a heading or something else like that. But if you really big paragraphs, which work really well in books, just do not work. But that's for a blog post, which where people are more likely to read it. For a web page, even four lines is too much. If you're writing a paragraph for a, a web page, you're doing it wrong. Yep. Yep, that's exactly right. Uh, tip number two is, and a lot of people ask me this and ask Thomas as well, is should I write my website copy in first person or third person? And I'm passionate about this. You're, you're a novelist, so you get this. If I say to you, what is the most intimate way to write a novel? 99.9% .9 of you will say, well, in first person, of course. Exactly, because you're communicating directly from me. Uh, directly to me when you do that well it's the same thing on a website you want to communicate intimately and personally with the reader of your website so please do it in first person i agree uh except in, in like 0.05 percent of times <laughs> there is an instance when you might want to write in third person and this is when it is if you have a name that is the same name as somebody else who's famous on the internet and you're trying to optimize and rank for your own name and you're having trouble writing in third person the benefit is that your name will show up a lot more in the copy so whereas i you're not going to rank for the letter i but you could rank for john smith if you're using it enough in your copy. So if for most of you, this does not apply. You absolutely need to write in first person. The only exception is if you're trying to rank, uh, it could help to write in third person. And there are even ways around that where you can have testimonials about your writing and get the your name in right. that. James L. Rubart has written da 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 da. So that will help. Thomas, thought? Uh, tip number three is opening lines. Uh, so the first sentence is far more important with writing online than it is for writing for paper. Why? Jim? Say that again, Thomas. Why is the first sentence so much more important when you're writing online? Well, I would say it's 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 as it's it's important in writing novels. I mean, we're taught this, right? That the opening line in a novel has to capture you and editors and agents and readers will look at that first line and there's even websites you could google it where greatest opening lines of novels ever so the opening of a novel is important but thomas is right the opening of a website first line is even more important right because typically you're holding that book or it's on your kindle you've either purchased it or you've put some time in to give you oh, okay i'm going to give this the benefit of the doubt there is much less skin in the game when somebody's looking at a website Boom, click, they're gone a lot faster. That's why the opening line of your website, it's even more critical that that grabs them. Remember the rule. You have seven seconds. Somebody goes to a website, you have seven seconds to do three things. They need to understand who you are, what you do, and why they should stay on your website. That's not a lot of time to do that. And that opening line is so critical in accomplishing uh, the, the task of them going, oh, I better stick around a little bit longer. 
And those seven seconds start from as soon as they click the link. So if you're on a slow, cheap host that's 5 or $6 a month and it you know takes two seconds for your site to load, well, now you have five seconds. <laughs> and that really has been proven in the – in fact, I was just looking at a study earlier today that one second makes a huge difference uh, in how likely people are to respond to a website. Now let's talk about the opening line that I see again and again and again. And I've been preaching on this subject since, oh gosh, 2007, and I still see it. I and bet I know. Can I guess? Can I guess yeah, what this line guess. is? What is it? Welcome to my website. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my website. Yeah. And sometimes people get creative. Welcome to my little corner of cyberspace. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Wait, just... hello? Oh yeah, that was the 90s. <laughs> they want their opening line back. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay. Okay. You've just chewed up another. Um, five, three seconds. So you get two seconds left. And and welcome to my website. Truly is uh, is Charlie Brown's parents. Wah 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 wah. It means nothing. It means nothing to them. Uh, you haven't provoked them. You haven't entertained them. You haven't made them think. You haven't drawn them in. You haven't inspired them. You've been done nothing but bore them. And it's all about you. Right. Even though you're talking to them saying, hey, welcome to my website, they need to know what's in it for me. So those three things that you mentioned, Jim, I think are really good. I want to mention them again. Entertain, provoke, or inspire. And that sentence and the other sentences like that fail on all three of those. So if, if just do one, if you can do just one of those, if either entertain or provoke or inspire, now you got a chance because you can earn more seconds. People will spend more than seven seconds on your site, but you have to thrill them in those first seven seconds to earn the rest because the rest of the internet is just one click away. And it's real easy to figure out what you want your first line to do. It, what is your, What are your books about? Oh, my books are humorous. They're really funny. Great. You're going to entertain them. Boy, my books are really get deep into, you know, some really heavy stuff. And, and uh, okay, so maybe you're going to inspire them. Oh, my books are all about encouragement. I just want to give people up. Great. You're going to encourage them. So figure out what your books are about. And, and hopefully you know that. You can go back and, and listen to our branding episodes to um, get a better feel for what you do and what your brand is. But that tells you that tells you what you need to do. All right. The next tip is to test it. This is one of the things I love about the web as opposed to old-fashioned dead tree writing. So in the olden days, you know. 1995 uh, when somebody <laughs> wrote something they'd print it on these little flakes of dead trees and hand it out and they would have no idea if anyone would read the book uh, they would have no idea at what point in the book people would stop reading and so it may be that people bought the book and read the first three chapters and never read on beyond that or maybe they read the whole thing they did there was no way to tell well now there's a way to tell you can find out what works and what doesn't and what that means is that there have been professionals who have studied with split tests and other types of measurements to figure out what works and what doesn't. And you can learn from, you know, the experts who will say, hey, I found these things to work. But those are only somewhat helpful because ultimately you need to know what works for your audience, which means you have to measure and you have to test. Absolutely correct. The next thing, and Thomas touched on this, but we really, I want to park on this just for a little bit longer, and that is we don't get it. We do not understand who the site is about. We think the site is about us, and the site is not about us. It's about them, and I see so many opening paragraphs, which is a mistake, but I see so much opening on websites. It's about the author. They have not come to you. They've not come to your website for you. They've come to your website for what you can do for them. And so let me give you an example. Um, 
So I'm a marketing guy, and I'll read you. If I said, my name is James L. Rubard. I've been a professional marketer for over 20 years. I've written over 1,000 radio ads and TV ads and website copy, and I've consulted and trained many high-profile businesses as well as authors. Do you want to talk to me? I don't know. Maybe. But what if I said it this way? My name, is, my name is James L. Rubart. My 20 years of marketing experience will help you build a powerful brand and reach more readers faster than you've ever dreamed of. Which guy do you want to work with? You want to work with the guy that's about you and reaching more readers. Same thing when they come to your website because, and Thomas and I will say this again and again and again, you, you're a salesperson. You're a marketer. Whether you want to be or not, you have a product and you're presenting it in a way that people will either go, eh, not for me or, oh, wow, they're meeting that need. Whether it's to laugh, to be inspired, to be provoked, to be encouraged, to be educated, you're doing something for them. And this is <laughs> – applies to everything about your website it doesn't matter if you like your website <laughs> i love matter. the pause no i want people to hear this yeah Please. it doesn't matter if you think your website is ugly the only thing that matters is if your readers like your website right and and that is so hard and and a lot of people approach their website uh, the way they approach buying a dress I don't want to be at the party with the same dress that anybody else at the party is wearing. And that is a, the wrong way to think about it in terms of the text, in terms of the way that it looks, in terms of everything. You want to look at your website like you would buying a car. The primary goal of this website is to get from, or this car is to get me from point A to point B and not break down in the, in the meantime. Now, if it can make me look good on the way, so much the better. But a car that looks great that can't leave the driveway is not a car. It is a piece of junk. And so you need to be thinking as you're writing these, what is the goal of this website? And if the goal is to sell your book, then you need to focus on the benefits to your reader of buying your book. Is it the most exciting thrill ride they've ever experienced? You need to talk about how they will be thrilled and it needs to be about them as you craft your copy. That's right. Um, we can't use this example anymore. I wish we could. But we have a friend, Randy Ingermanson. He's been on the show. And he uh, is the owner of advancedfictionwriting.com. And if you've n you're not part of that, you need to be part of that. But Randy used to have the ugliest website you've ever seen in the universe. But it didn't matter because he met the need of what people were going there for. And then Thomas got a hold of him and made it beautiful. So we can't. We I used can't him use as my case study for years, actually, on how content is so much more important than yes, design. That's right. And that's he got right. tired of me using him as a case study. So we redesigned <laughs> the site, and it's much better looking now. It's, you know, people really like the way that it looks. And it increased sales, but it didn't increase sales that much. Right. It, it's 90% content, 10% design. And, and I know a lot of you are saying, but I'm the exception. I'm the exception. My readers want to read every word that I write. And I hate to break it to you. You're not the exception. No one cares about you. They only care about themselves. And you can be like, oh, well, that's so God. wrong. Those people are so <laughs> selfish. They should care about me. And it's like, well, that's kind of selfish too. You've got to be the first one to take the selfless step if you want to get followers. That's right. Okay, Thomas, any other tips before we go? All right, some, so some quick um, pointers. Um, first, headings. You want to use lots of headings to break up that text. Uh, walls of text really scare people. And on like a homepage, you don't want to have text at all. You just want to have headings um, or things like bullets. So remember, people don't read web pages. They skim web pages. And what do people skim looking for? They skim looking for bullets. So try to think of how you can speak in bullets. Uh, if you're writing lots of commas, you're doing it wrong. Turn your commas into bullets is the easiest way to improve your blog posts. Um, and then finally, communicate with images. This is another big challenge for someone who learned to write 
uh, in the old school way of dead trees, is that using images was not appropriate. Uh, and it wasn't appropriate because it was too expensive or impossible. When you're writing on a typewriter, there's no way to insert a picture into that text. Well, the days of the typewriter are over, and communicating with images is incredibly powerful. It's emotionally evocative. It's memory. It engages different parts of the brain, and it unlocks ways of communicating that are really powerful, things like simile, things like metaphor. And so think of how can I communicate this using a powerful metaphor? Think about how you use Facebook and studies, you know, these studies are coming out now and it's for marketing people like Thomas and I, it's like no surprise. We're like, well, yeah, didn't everybody know that? But it's more people engage on Facebook if you put up an image than if you just put up text. Okay, again, I think that's pretty obvious, but think of your own habits. If you're scrolling down your Facebook feed, where do you stop to take a peek? You're stopping on the images. We know this. So it's the same thing when people come to your website. I know we're writers. I get that. But we have to think more like TV people or film people or graphic designers when it comes to our website. People like pictures. That's right. And so let's say you're not good with pictures. Some tips. One is you can use stock photo sites. Stock photos are getting less and less popular, though. They're getting a little cliched. The new, the hot new thing, and you heard it here fo- first, is icons. It's almost what's old is new again. So clip art is kind of what's back, but not in the same style. And the best source of the new way of doing it is a website called The Noun Project. And it has thousands, if not millions, of images. You type in any noun and it will give you all these different icons for that noun. And it's a really great exercise to help you think in terms of simile and metaphor and communicate that visually. And you can find that out uh, at thenounproject.com, and we'll have a link to it in the show notes. Thomas, before we wrap up, any final thoughts on web copy? I, I feel like we've we've covered some really good points here, but at the same time, I feel like we we could do three or four or five more episodes on web copy because it is so important, and and there is so much that goes into it. Yeah, so some some final thoughts. Um, This is something that takes practice. It's not something you'll hear a 15-minute podcast episode on and get good. Uh, There are some good online resources. I really like Copyblogger is really good. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, But if if you do only one thing, and, and all of the tips that we've shared in this episode really could be summarized in this one tip, and that is put yourself in your reader's shoes. Realize that people don't care about you that they care about themselves. And so try to take a step out of yourself. Pretend that you're a stranger who doesn't care about you, the person, but cares about you, how you, the author, can make their life better. And then if you focus on that, then everything else gets easier. It's kind of like all of the rules of manners is really just one rule. Think of other people as more important than yourself and treat them with respect as you would want to be treated. And that is good manners. If you do that one thing, it covers almost all of them. <laughs> yeah, covers a multitude of things. Yeah. So, and the, the only thing I would add is if you're a novelist, you realize that you have to work at this craft of writing novels. The same thing when it comes to copywriting. It is a craft and a skill that takes years to learn. If you have the time, I would encourage you to learn the skill, learn the craft for yourself. It'll pay huge dividends, not just for your website, but everything you do with regard to your writing career. If you don't have that time, seriously consider hiring a professional to come in and do the work. That will pay you dividends. And and this is crazy because um, of all the web designers I've worked with over the years in my, in my business marketing as well as working with authors, that's the one thing they don't want to pay for. Oh, no, I can do the copy. 
I can do the copy. You just get it up there, get it looking good. I can do the copy. And as you've seen from the example of Randy, that's the most critical part. But they think, I'm a novelist. I know how to write. Are you kidding me? I'm better than most of the writers, most of the people out there. But you're not great at copywriting unless you've studied it like you've studied studied novel writing. It, it's, I often describe learning how to write as like uh, learning how to run. So most people learn how to run when they're about three or four years old, maybe a little bit younger. But knowing how to run is not the same as knowing how to run a marathon. And run, writing a book is like running a marathon. And you have to train your body to run a marathon. Well, writing copy is not like running a marathon. It's like running a sprint. It's, it's the 100-meter dash. And being good at riding, running for 26 miles is not the same thing as being good at ri- running for, you know, 100 yards. And so you either need to train your writing to be able to do that really focused, clear writing, or you need to hire somebody who can do it for you. Guys, thanks again for joining us on the Novel Marketing Podcast. We enjoy doing this. We enjoy hearing from you. So we would love to hear comments on this episode. We would love, frankly, for you to go and give us a review on iTunes. We would love for you to subscribe to the blog, the blogcast. <laughs> no, this is a podcast. To subscribe um, if you haven't already. And finally, we would love it if you would tell a friend about us. This episode of Novel Marketing has been brought to you by My Book Table. If you're looking for a way to effectively sell your book on your website, uh, mybooktable.com is a great free tool to help you do that. This has been the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you novel ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between.